Let's cross over to our honorable Ustad. Ustad, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum on Arafat. Tadakallahu khairan to our technicians, Brother Junaid Khan, Brother Riyaz Hussein. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasoolil kareem. Amma baad. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما all praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today, with the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah, the 26th of Rajab, 1440, we continue with the summary and synopsis of Surah Munafikun, chapter number 63, which focuses on the Munafikun and that are the hypocrites. And this Surah chapter was revealed there in Medina Munawara surroundings after the Hijrah and migration. And to Medina Munawara, it comprises 11 verses. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا جاك المنافقون When these hypocrites come to you, O Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Islam, peace be upon him, قالوا, they say, نشهد إنك لرسول الله We bear testimony that we are accepting you from the bottom of our heart that you are surely the messenger of Almighty Allah. وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ And Almighty Allah knows definitely that always Mustafa وسلم, will be the last and final messenger, the most beloved, the most precious to Almighty Allah. Now these munafikin, they took big, big oaths. Almighty Allah states, وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ That Almighty Allah Jalla wa bears testimony and witness that these munafikin and hypocrites, they are big, big liars. Here we need to pause for a moment. In today's world, a person is either a Muslim or a non-Muslim. There is no third category. However, in the time of Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there were three categories of people. The Muslims, those who live with faith and iman, and they passed away in that state, they are known as the Sahaba, the beloved students and companions of Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hence, when we take their name, we say, radiyallahu anhu majma'in. And they were the non-Muslims, open non-Muslims. They said they are in opposition to Islam and Muslims. They reject Allah forbid, Allah forbid the message and the messenger. Then there was a third group, and that are the munafikin, the hypocrites. These munafikin were looking at who is going to win. If the Muslims are winning, then they would say, Inna nahnu ma'akunna ma'akum, we are with you. And if the non-Muslims are winning, then they will say, we are with you. 
But these munafikin hypocrites were munafik fil aqida as well. In their belief structure, they had hypocrisy. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Islam, would receive revelation. This person, this tribe are munafikin and hypocrites. Obviously, after the demise of the Master, alayhi salam, none of us can receive wahi and revelation, so therefore we will have munafikin, hypocrites in actions and deeds. People lie, we will say is hypocrite. People don't honor their promises, this hypocrite. So in actions, people will be hypocrite, but we can't say that this person is a munafik hypocrite regarding his belief because we do not know what he is in his or her heart so we will judge them by their superficial actions deeds and speech so that is what we need to know nevertheless they would take big big oaths and all Allah Jalla states that that initially they would say they brought iman and faith then they rejected the faith and all Allah sealed their hearts because they were people who were not sincere and any time people were speaking, they always taught it against them. All Allah states, Humul adu fahadharuhum. They are your enemy. Beware of them. Allah's curse is on them. Imagine the strong words all Allah use against them. When it was told to them, Come to Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa the master, peace be upon him, will make dua for you, will supplicate for you. But they would turn away, and they were proud, proud and arrogant. They did not want to embrace Islam. Hence, when they die, then you cannot make dua for them because they died with nifaq and hypocrisy, and Mustafa sallallahu received the wahi and revelation. Now their leader was a person by the name of Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. He used to tell the people, don't spend on Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't help and assist them morally, financially in any way. And he used to say, لَإِرْ رَجَعَنَا إِلَى الْمَدِينَةِ That when we return to Medina Munawara, then لَيُخْرِجَنَّ الْأَعَزُّ مِنَ الْأَذَلِ Allah forbid, Allah forbid, aliyazu billah, he said, we the honorable ones, layukhrijan al-a'az, he considered himself and his cronies and comrades to be the honorable ones, they will take out minhal adal, the disgraced ones, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, referring to Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sahaba, all mighty Allah exposed us of him, and all mighty Allah said, walillahi al-izzatu walirasulihi walilmu'min, Meaning, honor, dignity is solely only for all, Mighty Allah, and thereafter for Mustafa, Habibuna, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and the true believers. But these hypocrites, they know they do not know about these things. Then all, Mighty Allah, warns us. Yet your wealth, your children, should not divert you from the remembrance and obedience of all, Mighty Allah. Look at these last two verses, very important. وَأَنْفِكُوا O Muslims, spend, spend in the path of Allah, مِمَّا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ From what we gave you. 
This is the difference between Islam and capitalism. Capitalism, they say, they earned all their money because of their business acumen, shrewdness, degrees. We say it's not your degrees. It is the decree of Almighty Allah. Spend before death comes and approaches you. When that person is in his last 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, then he'll beg Allah, Lawla akhartani ila ajalin qareeb. Ya Allah, please give me extension in time. For aswaddaq, I want to give charity, Ya Allah, wa akum minas salihin. I'll be pious. He knows it's time for departure. Allah's answer, وَلَيُّ أَخِّرَ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهَا Almighty Allah does not delay for any person when the time of death comes. وَاللَّهُ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ Almighty Allah is all aware of your deeds and actions. Therefore, O Muslim, we should be the one that is spending and empowering humanity and society and not wait till the time, the, the pains and the pangs of death surround us. May Almighty Allah give us tawfiq. Ameen, 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 Summa, Ameen. What's that if a parent knows her child is doing gambling on horse bets and he don't provide for his child and they don't tell him anything? What's the outcome, Ustad? Remember, the parents are guilty of being an accomplice in this crime when they see their son is involved in fornication, they see their son is involved in drugs, alcohol, he's involved in horse betting or soccer betting or whatever gambling it is. Then you as parents must remember these two verses. Surah 66 verse 6. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Ku anfusakum wa ahalikum nara. Save yourself and your children from the fire. Remember the golden rule of Islam. Wata'awanu alal birri wa taqwa. You cooperate in goodness and righteous deeds and speech and actions. Wala ta'awanu alal ithmi wal udwan. You cannot cooperate and assist in sin and transgression by giving him shelter, boarding, lodging, turning a blind eye, conniving on his actions. Remember, you are also an accomplice in this crime. You need to kick him out from the house. Tell him if you don't want to change your lifestyle, then you're not going to stay here. You're not going to eat and drink here. You are not going to get anything from us because now you are committing a major, major crime and that is gambling. So therefore, from where is he getting the money? The parents are the one. Just now you did the verse. Almighty Allah states, Surah 63, verse 9. Do not let your children and your wealth divert you from the obedience and remembrance of Allah. Who said if we are in debt, it says here, because people don't pay for the work you do for them, but they go hajj and umrah and they get richer while we wait to be paid, Ustad. All this is totally haram and not permissible. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu hadith in Mishka Sharif. The master said, Aatul ajira ajrahu qabla ayyajifa araquhu. That you must pay your employee. You must pay the person that you made. He's a plumber, carpenter, builder, whatever. So you must pay them whatever is their dues and their wages before their sweat and perspiration gets dried off. And this is authentic hadith. 
Therefore, as Muslims, to delay, delay, and matalul ghani zulmun, authentic hadith in Mustad Ahmad, Mustafa sallallahu said, people who don't pay their debts, they don't pay their loans, they keep on delaying, delaying tactics, they are zalims, oppressors, and transgressors. You're going for hajj, you're going for umrah, but you are going for pilgrimage to Makkah. Remember that your hajj umrah is not accepted in this sense. You won't get the full reward. Your hajj will be valid, your umrah will be valid, but your reward will be decreased and diminished because you have not settled your debts. So always in Islam, simple example, you have to pay zakat, the compulsory charity, and you have to pay debts. What will Islam say? First pay your debts and then you worry about the zakat. So similarly, those of us going for umrah, going for hajj, so we should ensure we are settling everything to do with our creditors, with our employees. We don't keep them hanging and tell them we'll pay you after one month, two months. Nay, remember Islam teaches us to pray, P-R-A-Y, to Allah and not to pray, P-R-E-Y, on the creation of Allah. Ustad, let us go to <clears throat> let us go to Kimberly. This is Sister Anisa. She says, Mufti Sab, my husband lost his father two months ago. He was shot. He was very close to his father and now cannot accept that he is gone. He keeps blaming himself for his father's death. He says he should have rather got shot, not his father. Please advise us what to read and what to do. Ustad. Remember that when a person loses a parent, it's always sad and tragic news. But for your husband to blame himself and say that now he should get shot and not his father, remember as a Muslim that is not acceptable. Our function duty as a Muslim is Rida bil qada. We accept the decree of Almighty Allah. I just mentioned a few minutes ago, our risk, our sustenance, our provision also works not with our degrees, but with the decree of Almighty Allah. And you did the ayat now, Surah 63, verse 11. Allah will never delay for any person when the time of death comes. Look at the positive, my brother. That your father passed away a shaheed. He passed away a martyr. He was shot by the criminals. So imagine tomorrow, lone who, lone who, dumb. The blood will be oozing out and gushing out. And it will be red in color. But the fragrance that will emanate will be the fragrance of musk. So how all Allah will elevate him. Even now, remember they are alive. And they are alive in such a manner. They are given sustenance by all Allah. And they rejoicing how all Allah has honored them. So you, my brother, change your negative to a positive. That's the first thing you need to do. And as a son, as a daughter and children of your beloved father who is shaheed and martyred, all of you, the children, grandchildren, read Surah 14, verse 41. Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 41. Rabbana gfilli waliwalidayya. Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. And my beloved parents, walilmu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab. And for the believers, the day the reckoning is established. Brother, I don't know your name, so we'll just say Muhammad Ahmed. So, brother Ahmed, 
Muhammad, they read Surah Yasin daily for your beloved father, mother. Your mother is alive also, no problem. So for the entire Ummah, this will give you a lot of solace. That will give you a lot of gratification and give some charity daily. Don't say that I should have got shot. Nay, we are not allowed to object on the decree of Allah. Allah knows best. We cannot understand the wisdom of all. Abu Bakr, that's his name. Abu Bakr, mashallah, Allah give you sabr jameel and Allah give your late father Jannatul Firdaus. Ameen, 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 summa ameen. Let us go to our very good ardent listener who loves asking questions early. I, I always see the time this morning. I know normally she, uh, Sister Natasha, posed the question between this time, 20 past to half past five. Okay, we'll start. Uh, there's a very nice question here. She, uh, she's asking regarding Masjid Aqsa. Uh, and she wants to know that, uh, she says it's very strange, uh, Muslims fighting with Muslims just for Aqsa. Will Masjid Aqsa always be protected by the means of the Muslims? Or will a day come when Masjid Aqsa is taken over by the non-Muslims? This is Sister Natasha. Could you please just give me the small brief about uh, uh, Palestine, Ustad? Very good question, Sister Natasha. Therefore, we give you the opportunity to ask questions daily. Let us now make mental notes. You are recording the answer as well. Send it to all your students and the whole of humanity, whoever you have contact with. In the year, I'm giving you Gregorian calendar so that it will make life easier for you. In the year 637, it is the reign of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala and it was the time of Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu sallam, the master alayhi salam passed away. Thereafter, remember the first successor was Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq radiallahu and he passed away and the demise of the master Sayyidina Bakr took place. Then came Sayyidina Umar radiallahu and Umar, the West also knows him, Umar for his justice, for his political vision. So it was during his time when he was the leader and ruler of the Muslims throughout the world and Gregorian calendar 637 and remember the Christian church and the Christians there in Jerusalem were led by Sophronius and Sophronius told the Muslims who were there in Palestine that that we will not hand over the keys of this city to you Abu Ubaidah radiallahu an radiallahu means that Allah be pleased with him we will hand over the keys to Umar bin Khattab he said very good he is our leader Umar Sayyidina Umar radiallahu came from Medina Munawwara to Jerusalem and he had one camel. So he and his, you know, Khadim, his attendant and worker, they would take turns. And when they entered, he was walking and the Khadim was riding. And when the keys were handed over, then he cried, remember, Sophronius, in the zulm when you have oppression, transgression, then it, the government government lasts for a short period like apartheid and so forth and when you have justice then it, then it continues till the day of justice so 637 Gregorian calendar the Muslims conquered Sophronius and Umar and they sat in the church and they worked out the deal of agreement and the terms of reference no church will be demolished nothing will happen and it will be business as usual but the Muslims would be the rulers. Mm. Sister Natasha brother Marvin oh people you be fair 
From 637 to 1099 the Muslims ruled. But there was a Pope and he fired up the emotions of the Christians and he told them you should be ashamed of yourself. And that is how the Crusaders came. They slaughtered the Muslims. More blood was flowing there than water in the initial stages. Some Jews were killed but majority were Muslim. And this was from 1099 to 1187, 88 years occupation by the Crusaders, the Christians. These are known as the dark pages of the Christian of Christianity. Almighty Allah chose Salahuddin Ayyubi and he is known as Saladin the Just in the West. So Almighty Allah let him today is the twenty sixth of Rajab and tomorrow is twenty seventh of Rajab. It was twenty seventh of Rajab. It was a Friday, the year eleven eighty seven. Eighty eight years occupation has come to an end. Go read of Salahuddin Ayyubi, the man who never saw Makkah Mukarrama Madina Munawara who would not smile. He said, What is there for me to smile when I see our lands are under occupation? Lo and behold, it was a Friday, and he stands on the pulpit of Nuruddin Zanki and delivers the memorable khutbah and sermon. How do you start your sermon after 88 years occupation and now liberation? You needed the wisdom of Saladin the just. The remnants and the relics of the oppressors and the transgressors are cut to shreds. He read this verse of the Noble Qur'an. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Almighty Allah. O Sister Natasha, O Brother Marvin, O Christians throughout the world, you know you have Majidul Aqsa, then you have Qubbatul Sahra, the Dome of the Rock, the beautiful Golden Dome. I've been there several times. Behind there you have Kanisatul Qiyama, the Holy Safalka, where Christians believe Jesus was buried. And when Mary Magdalene came that Sunday, then she did not find Jesus, peace be upon him. So that church is considered as one of the most holiest places in Christendom. I went right inside that church. So Sister Natasha and all Christians throughout the world, look at the justice system of Islam. Saladin is given the keys. The Christians did not trust themselves. And because they have Catholic, Protestant, Anglican, Lutheran, they'll be Skopskit and Donner. They will fight among themselves. Rather give the key to Saladin. More than 800 years have passed until today your church, your holiest place, the keys of it is in the hands of the Muslim. The Muslim opens the church every day in the morning and closes in the evening. CNN has carried a documentary on that. The non-Muslims at BBC and go look at the world media and see what they have to say of the holy Safalka. So that is Islam. Sayyidah Omar in his time did not allow any church or monastery to be demolished. He, Salahuddin Ayyubi, the Rahimahullah, did not allow. They did not tell. They requested him to keep the keys. And today it is still there in the hands of the Muslims. Yes, the Zionist regime came. I told you last night in 1947... 
Israel, the apartheid regime, came into existence in 48 in May. So you must remember in 1947, the chief rabbi of of Palestine, the Jews were there. So you must remember he told the United Nations that we don't want the state of Israel. The Torah, Judaism does not allow us. This is documented. I have it by me. If you want it, I'll send it to you. Contact me. 071-888-1184. We will send it to you where he made the statement and so forth. Nevertheless, in 1948, in May, the apartheid regime of Israel came into existence, the first country to recognize them, America, and then the rest is history, as they say. 1967, the occupation of Jerusalem, now the stealing of the Muslim land, open stealing land grab in the West Bank, and now the Golan Heights. Who is fighting who? Remember, this is state terrorism. Occupation is terrorism. And then you have Eretz Israel. Eretz Israel means the greater Israel. Look at their flag, and that also will give you a message. White flag, blue line on top, blue line at the bottom. Minal Furati Ilanil. From the Euphrates River to the River Nile. This is greater Israel. If you ask them who gave you, they tell you God gave it to us. They concocted and fabricated the Torah as well. So that it will suit their agenda and they have their crooked rabbis as well, some of them who will justify it. Then they want to the last plan of the jigsaw of the Zionists where you see the golden dome the dome of the rock, they want to demolish that and they make no secret of it and they say that they will partition Majid al-Aqsa and that is they will have the temple of Solomon at the back as they did in 1994, during Ramadan, our fasting month and Baruch Goldstein, the terrorist Zionist came. He murdered our people who were in prayer Fajr time. Like how are we I'm going for prayer now? So they were in prayer and he mowed them down in Masjid Ibrahim in Hebron. And what the apartheid regime did, this whole masjid is our masjid, our mosque. I read Salat Day in 89. I performed Salat Day in 92. And in 94 this massacre took place. They partitioned it. They took half our masjid and now it is in the hands of the Zionist apartheid regime. This is justice Israeli style. This is democracy according to the Israelis. So you tell me, if you say Muslims are fighting Muslims, you must remember it's an old tactic of the apartheid regime. They will have their people wearing the scarves, wearing clothing like the Palestinians and then they will come and become operatives and agents and then they will create that picture and image to the world that Palestinians are fighting among themselves. I ask you, Sister Natasha, I ask the, ask you, Sister, Brother, Marvin, my attorney, that we know what apartheid did in South Africa. This is my house, for example, and now I'm living here and a person comes, puts a gun at my head and tell me, get out from here, otherwise I'll shoot you, your wife, your children, and go to the outbuilding, and then they say we want peace, and we'll negotiate the outbuilding. What will you do? I know what I will do. 
So you must remember this. So this is the crime of the apartheid regime of Israel and the West are complicit in this crime. So don't come give us a lesson, any Jew, any Christian, any politician regarding Aqsa. Aqsa is the second masjid in the history of mankind. Allah remember Allah that. Allah so Almighty Allah speaks of it. Aqsa belongs to us. Palestine belongs to us. Go ask the original rabbis who are not tainted by, polit- by politicians, they will tell you there is no state like Israel. Zionism has hijacked Judaism, and this is what you are seeing today. But remember, I want you, Sister Natasha, I want you, Brother Marvin, to understand the glory, the beauty of the noble Quran. This is Quran. It is Kalamullah, the speech of Almighty Allah, Jalla wala, and Almighty Allah teaches us فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ الْآخِرَةِ جِئِنَا بِكُمْ And when the final promise of Almighty Allah comes, then Almighty Allah will bring them, the Jews, the Zionists, they all will come back to the Holy Land. Chapter 17, verse 104. So you see the Jews from America, South Africa, Europe, Eastern Europe, all parts, they assemble there. Now what will happen? What will happen? Surah 17, verse number 7. فَإِذَا جَاءَ وَعَدُ الْآخِرَةِ You see the same words? When the final promise of Allah comes, لِيَسُوءُ The Muslim army, they are the true Muslims. They will smite and disfigure the faces of the Zionists and the enemies of Islam and humanity. وَلِيَدْخُلُوا الْمَسْجِدَ كَمَا دَخَلُوهُ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةِ they will liberate Masjid al-Aqsa. Do you know? Today the Muslim cannot go for Friday prayer, Jumma prayer, into Masjid al-Aqsa if he's less than 40 years old. The man who's born in Palestine, for hundreds of years their family are there. They can, don't have rights to enter, but the Zionist terrorist regime, they allow their people to go who came yesterday and last week. So is this justice? So they will liberate Masjid al-Aqsa as it was liberated in the time of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu wardah and they will crush their pride and arrogance. Allahu Akbar. That is our Muslim history. We do not apologize to anybody. We don't carry favor with any person, any politician, any government. Allahu Akbar. Our Children of Palestine will liberate Palestine. Khaybar, Khaybar, Ya Yahud. Inna Jaysha Muhammad, Sofa Yahud. Allahu Akbar, Takbir. <laughs> 23 minutes to 6 o'clock. Uh, I see my study just running out here on his way to <laughs> for Salah. What a beautiful question.